Everybody, glad to be with you. It is a sunshiny day. It's going to be a humid one out there from what we're seeing. And uh, as has been said in the comments already, stay hydrated, everybody. No, that doesn't mean go out and run around in a sprinkler, although if that helps, that might be a fun thing to do. Go back to your younger days and just go out there and have a little fun run around in the sprinkler. I think it means drink water uh, to stay hydrated in that way, but the other would sure be fun. That's what I thought of when I first saw that note by Fran there about staying hydrated, everybody. So uh, anyway, we are in the book of Ephesians, friends, and if you're following along, you know we are in the fifth chapter. If you're just listening in today for the very first time, welcome aboard um, we take chunks of Scripture, sometimes whole chapters of Scripture, 
and simply talk our way through it, trying to understand its meaning, its intent, and its implications and applications for our lives. So, uh, of course, you can find us wherever you're listening. You might be listening uh, on Facebook this morning. You might be listening uh, on YouTube at some point. Uh, and also, we you can find the Daily Discipleship Podcast on any of your favorite podcast sites uh, if you just simply want to download and listen in. So we have availability like that that, uh, that you can use to take yourself into God's Word, and that's what we do. We look at God's Word together and ask ourselves the question, you know, what does God want me to do with this? How can I learn to walk this out? The, the theme verse for this broadcast is 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6. Anyone who claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And so the intent of us spending time together in God's word each morning is to help us learn how to walk as Jesus did. So uh, I do put the text on the screen if you were watching via video uh, you might be around your house. You might be driving your car. Um, I should have made that like a little Dr. Seuss kind of quote thing there. But you might be doing something else and you can't see the screen or you can't have your Bible open. That's okay. We'll be reading it to you so you can listen to it and uh, understand what it has to say. We're picking up in verse 17. Uh, we, we left off there yesterday. And we're going to cut back into that today. In fact, let me just back up a verse. Um, I'll go back to verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, um, for some, the, the thought is run away and hide. Run away and hide from, from the world or run away and hide from everything that's going on out there. You know, we, we need to sequester ourselves. We need to separate ourselves away from the world so that we're not tainted by the world. Friends, I believe we've been left in this world to make a difference for Christ. And that difference being that people would come to the saving faith in Jesus Christ and would have their lives transformed by the work of the Spirit of God in their lives. And we need to make the most of the opportunities. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to live that way more and more and more. The older I get, the more important it becomes to figure out how to make the most of every opportunity. For some of you who are saying, look, I'm just trying to figure out how to get out from underneath the rock I find on top of me. And I understand that. I, I get that. I, I know that some are uh, living in places of discouragement. Uh, some are living in uh, places of, of, you know, you're just trying to survive. I, I understand that. But how is it that, that you can learn to make the most of the opportunities, even in your struggles, uh, even in your difficulties, to, to use the difficulty as an opportunity to trust God, uh, to use the opportunity uh, that you have in the difficulty to be a witness for Christ uh, as other people see the struggle, see the conflict, that they would be able to just look and go, okay, um, 
I, I'm, I'm trusting God in, in what I'm going through. So to make the most of the opportunities because the days are, the days are evil. So, so rather than, oh, it's evil, it's so bad, and what are we going to do, and we're all defeated, and we're so sad, and no, live in the strength, live in the power of Christ, uh, live in the opportunity that he has put within us. He has given you and me, if you're a believer in Jesus, he has given us the spirit of God who lives within us. We have sufficiently what we need from God to live in this world. You might say, well, okay, but I have a hard time paying my bills. I get that. I understand that. That's where you know, one of the applications of Scripture is to learn, well, how, how do we change things up with our bills? You know, sometimes it's maybe getting out of debt. Sometimes it's creating more income stream or, or things of that nature. That's one of the things I'm working on for, for some of the opportunities that's in front of me and in front of us. It, it's important to create a, more of an income stream to be able to do some of the things that, that I know personally I am being called to do. And I think it our ministry, Veracity Chapel, uh, is also being called because this church has always been a church that is very mission-minded, uh, not just missions like foreign missions overseas, but mission in, in the sense of the gospel of God going out to men. And so we've created ministries. We have uh, partnered with ministries. We have uh, done different things, and we need to get back to some of those things. So we need to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, is what we read in the text here. Uh, and then verse 17 says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What is the Lord's will? Uh, what is his will, generally speaking? What is his will? Um, his will is that you and I learn how to communicate Christ to other people. That is his will. Uh, his will is that we make disciples. His will is that we communicate the gospel so that men would be saved. His will is that the church live in unity around the, the purposes of God. That is his will. Th then we ask ourselves in a personal sense, what, what is my part in that will? And for me, the, the clarity is... Uh, Part of that, part of that is what I do with Veracity Chapel. A part of that is what we're doing more broadly in the state of Maine, trying to um, be a catalyst for for kingdom initiatives, for, for kingdom partnerships, for coming together. Things like the Gospel Alliance of Maine, Restore New England, New England Bible College and Seminary. Um, the, the pillar group, and there's a variety of different groups that we're trying to say, hey, we need to be able to talk together, work together, pray together, evangelize together, be the church together in the state of Maine. Uh, and, and I have that unique sense of, of God directing my greater involvement in those types of things. And because, uh, at least at this point, uh, they're willing to have me be their pastor to to uh, take a Brassy Chapel along for the ride in that, and as well as globally. I mean, we've got uh, conversations going on with South Sudan. We have conversations going on in Kenya. Uh, we have conversation going on in the Philippines. And this doesn't necessarily mean going and creating new ministries, but figuring out what ministries are there and figuring out how to partner together uh, 
for the gospel of God, to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I spent time on the phone yesterday, uh, and the conversation was uh, directly about uh, South Sudan and how do we help uh, them there and uh, who are our ministry partners and that type of a thing. And for me, it's very exciting to see uh, how this is spread, and largely because of this sitting in this chair, doing what we've been doing this last two years, it has caused things to grow uh, significantly so that we uh, we have the opportunity to expand and to do even more. So to make the most of the opportunities and, and for you to ask yourself the question, what opportunities does the Lord put in front of you? Are there opportunities that, that God has put there that he wants you to walk through? Sometimes we miss them. Sometimes there's something right in front of us, and, and we don't we don't go down that road. We don't uh, we don't take the opportunity that's there simply because um, maybe sometimes we are spiritually shicken. You know what shicken is, don't you? Spiritually shicken, chicken. We you know we we flap our wings around a little bit because we're a little bit scared of the idea of what does it mean to share Christ. But friends, to make the most of every opportunity. Uh, and I will tell you that if you live in the center of God's will, there's no better place to be than in the center of God's will. Uh, and to pray toward that end and to work toward that end and to live toward that end and apply the Bible to life so that we can live in God's will. Verse 17 said this to us. It said, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will. Now, now let me put up a, a few different translations here and the paraphrase that, that we used so often. Uh, verse 15 says this. This is the New Living Translation, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And, and that's what I'm trying to do, and I want to encourage you to be asking the same question. What does the Lord want you to do? And, uh, and what's your part? What's your place in that? Now, that might be directly uh, in, in relationship to our particular local church uh, right here and your involvement. I mean, we, we need people to, to help people feel loved and to feel welcomed and to feel greeted and to feel connected. We need people who will say, hey, I, I, I want to pull together some outreach events. We need people who will, will lead small groups. We need people who will... Uh, and not just lead a small group, but lead a small group understanding what it means to make disciples. Uh, we we need people, I mean, Christy and Jacob uh, are uh, huge. Jessica had, had been helping us for, for quite a while and did a fantastic job uh, on the social media side at running the cameras and whatnot. And this is a big piece in our day. I'm watching the shift and what we do on social media is huge. And uh, so that might be the realm in which you serve. Don helping in the, uh, to, to promote and, and navigate things as well. I mean, there are all kinds of ways to be plugged in and to be involved. So as he said this, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Then he gets into verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The verse continues, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks 
for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I want to put this into the message paraphrase so you can hear God's word uh, paraphrased. Again, this isn't a verbatim translation. Verse 15 says, so watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. And, and I mean, that was written uh, in like A.D. 60, and uh, here we are in 2022, and we would say, yep, these are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking, uh, drinking songs. Uh, let me read that again. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Uh, sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. And out of respect for Christ, be cur courteously reverent to one another. I mean, it, verse 18, don't, get, don't drink too much wine. Now, some struggle with that. I, I think that that is an apt and, and biblically uh, reflective uh, statement there. Uh, some would struggle to go, no, we, we disagree. Don't get drunk on wine. The, the, the key in verse 18 is, is not the don't, but it's the instead. You look at verse 18, do not get drunk on wine. So, I mean... There's a lot of focus that has been given to a verse like that over the years, especially way back in the early 1900s, the prohibitionist movement, you know, don't get drunk on wine or beer or um, heavy, heavy alcohols uh, or any of those things. And, and I would fully agree with that statement. Um, but the focus, unfortunately, went so much on this part of the verse right here, do not get drunk on wine that we miss the more important second part of the verse, instead be filled with the Spirit. So what we had were people who weren't drinking wine and or who weren't drinking beer, who weren't drinking other forms of alcohol, but they also weren't being filled with the Spirit. Sometimes they were curmudgeons. Sometimes they were people who were, well, I can't do all these things. I can't have any fun in life, and I'm just going to be a miserable Christian. Well, no, 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 no. The second part, I think, is even more important than the first part. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means to be controlled by the Spirit. It means to be prompted by the Spirit. It means to be taught by the Spirit. It means to be guided by the Spirit. It means to be comforted by the Spirit. It means to be um, strengthened and empowered by the Spirit. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Now, now some think to be filled with the Spirit comes with it... Um, all kinds of, of other uh, dramatic gestures, and, and I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. Things like you know, speaking in tongues or, or, or things of that nature. I, I do not think that the Bible necessarily equates being filled with the Spirit with those types of sign gifts. I, I'm not saying that those sign gifts can't be a part, but to be filled with the Spirit... Uh, 
I need to be filled with the Spirit every time I teach the Bible like I'm doing right now. I need to be filled with the Spirit every time I stand on a stage and and, and speak behind a lectern. I, I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need, to be, uh, I need to be filled with the Spirit every time I'm sitting in a classroom teaching a group of students. Uh, I need to be filled with the Spirit when I'm trying to love my wife. Um, I, I need to be filled with the Spirit when, when I'm trying to engage someone out in the community and, and, and demonstrate the love of Christ. That does not require that, that I demonstrate a sign gift. And again, unfortunately, uh, some have, have limited the idea of filling with the Spirit to the sign gift, speaking in tongues and things like that. Again, I am not ruling those things out, uh, but what I am saying is it is... To be filled with spirit is is all encompassing, all encompassing, and all of life. To be filled with the spirit uh, has to do with our intellectual pursuits and, and Christian thought. Uh, to be filled with the spirit means that our emotions are controlled by the spirit. To be filled with the spirit means that our re, our our responses and reactions are 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 tempered by the spirit, so they're godly and Christ honoring. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. We've looked at this verse before. Again, there's a litany of verses here in the book of Ephesians that that I think help us to understand the role and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Uh, And and let me just go back, and I'm going to recap some of those back in chapter 1. We were given these verses down at 13 and 14. You were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of God's glory. We see it at the end of verse 13 going into verse 14, Ephesians chapter 1. This is called the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit. He comes. He lives within us. He is a deposit in our lives. He is a seal upon our lives that we are uh, heirs together with Christ. So, The Spirit indwells every single believer. He lives there. He moves in there. That's what he does. You go down to chapter 4, and let me show you another thing that is said about the Spirit. Down in verse 30, said this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, Sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit one of two ways. We treat him either as uh, an ecstatic uh, expression uh, or we treat him as a theological construct. But when we read the Bible and understand it for what it has to say, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead. Uh, There's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit. He is a living being. Uh, he lives within us. Uh, he's not just a theological term that we have to keep in our theological box. He lives in you, friend. He lives in me. He does his work and all those things that I said earlier. And, and we can grieve him. How do we grieve him? We grieve him when we do the things that, uh, that he tells us not to do. 
and we've studied before over in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we can quench the Spirit or, or put out the Spirit's fire. The, the Spirit is trying to get us to take some action, to do something, to, to help some person. And what happens to us? Uh, we, we, we sometimes we, we shut down. We don't follow through. We don't do it. So we quench the spirit. That's first Thessalonians chapter five. And here, uh, in chapter five of the book of Ephesians, we read about the Holy spirit again, that we are to be filled, to be controlled by the Holy spirit. Again, I think the, the force of the verse is not on the first part, although if we're if we're drunk with wine, if we're intoxicated, uh, or with vodka, or uh, bourbon, or beer, or whatever it might be, uh, we might leave ourselves in a place where uh, the spirit can't control us because something else is now in charge. And so, I, what would I encourage? Don't drink, or if you drink. Uh, Drink in a very limited fashion so that you never lose your faculties. Um, because I, I I understand that as the biblical interpretation in terms of alcohol. Um, that's my position on it. I think that's the biblical position on it. Uh, that's why Paul, he doesn't say do not drink at all. In fact, later on to Timothy, he'll say drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. But be careful. Don't allow it to lead you out of control. And better yet, drink water. Drink uh, drink some coffee, although that can be a, can create a problem too. Be filled with the Spirit. Would we bo- be more intently uh, inclined and desirous of being filled with the Spirit than 5 o'clock somewhere? You know that song. Some of you would know that song. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. Jimmy Buffett. It's five. Is that who it is? Or was it Kenny Chesney? I don't remember which one of the two now. Or maybe it was the two of them together. It's five o'clock somewhere. Well, some sometimes we're, we're living for the alcohol, and there are people who are like that. But what about living for the spirit? Living to have him control you. Living to have him use you. How would you feel if the Spirit of God used you to lead someone else to faith in Christ? Would that just not be the cat's meow? Would that just not be the best of things? Then it goes on further in this verse and says to us, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. So, the idea of speaking together, uh, speaking to each other with psalms, I mean, it, it could be reading psalms to each other. Now, remember, they did not have a Bible like we have a Bible in our day. Uh, they, you know, sometimes you'll see, uh, and I saw one of these the other day where, where here's the Apostle Paul writing on scrolls with books beside him. Well, they didn't have bound books in the days uh, of the Apostle Paul. Um, didn't have it. So, but they had psalms. They perhaps uh, had the uh, the letters of the law. They perhaps had the historical writings. They perhaps had the the prophetical writings that now make up what we call the Old Testament. 
Speak that to one another. Speak scripture to one another. Speak God's truth to one another. And then it speaks about hymns. We think of hymns in our day. Well, the hymns that we have in our day were certainly not the hymns they had in their day. Or spiritual songs. See, you know, what this does, you have, you have the Psalter, Psalms. You have hymns, those that like tradition, and spiritual songs, contemporary music. Take Christian music and encourage each other with Christian music. Encourage each other. And, and we're so thankful for Jacob and uh, for that whole worship team on the stage of Candy and Claire and Aaron and Chris and Priscilla and Denise and Angela. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out, but the whole worship team and, and those that make that happen for us, uh, such such a, a, an important uh, aspect of what we do on Sundays, but, but to learn how to have a song for each other or a scripture for each other to be able to ins- encourage each other. And then also notice what it says in verse 19, that we might be in a place where we would sing and make music in our hearts to the Lord. Why would we make music in our hearts to the Lord? Because we're happy in Jesus. We're happy for the work of the Spirit and, and what he does uh, in our lives. So uh, we, we look to him in that way. So speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord. And then verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what we would like to do is to read this verse this way. Uh, occasionally giving thanks to God the Father when things are going good in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But no, Paul has to meddle again, and he uses these words, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. I don't know about you, but that isn't always an easy task for me. I, 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 I'm not always in the place I want to give thanks but to learn to give thanks, to learn to live with spirit recognition, to, to learn to live with glory to God type of lips, that we're giving thanks to God, and it says for everything. Um, let, let me give you an example um, of how to thank God. Uh, this is just an example from my own life. Uh, you know, I was, had planned a trip to go to Turkey in uh, September, uh, and that trip got canceled. Uh, the The person organizing the trip just could not get enough people to sign up. Needed a minimum of 20, maximum 40, could get 16 to commit. And so the trip was canceled. I was kind of bummed out about that. Uh, but I thought, well, that's all right, because it was going to cost about $3,800 to go over there and, and walk, uh, take that journey through all the places that Paul was and some of the places where the Apostle John had been. I was really looking forward to that that learning opportunity that I would have then been sharing with you, um, but God had a plan. Well, then, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, what was it, a week and a half ago, roughly, we had puppies. Well, typically we have four, eight, four to, I mean, we have eight or nine puppies. Well, this year we ended up only having four puppies. Well, I mean, puppies were was going to be part of the means of paying for that trip. So, while we were kind of saddened at the fact that we didn't have uh, have eight or nine puppies, uh, we're, we're thankful for the four, but God knew. God knew maybe, and I, I can look at it this way, God knew we'd have four puppies, so you know, rather than me going into debt and carrying it on a credit card for a while, uh, 
was already enough of that, but but carrying on a credit card, uh, which I would have had to do, uh, cancel the trip and then and offset that with. See how I'm looking at that, you know. Now now we have some people disappointed because we don't have enough puppies to go around to all the various people who were interested in a puppy. But to give thanks to God, God, thank you for four puppies instead of, oh, I wish I had, you know. No, you understand what I'm saying? I hope you get it. Or when God closes a door, um, you know, there's there's a large decision that we have made. and I mean, there's still the prospect that the door on this decision that we've made could get could be closed for a few different reasons, perhaps. Uh, and if that's the case, then, then we just we're going to rejoice in God. Sometimes it's when things don't go the way we want them to go, we get all whiny and complainy and down in the dumps. But but the, God would change our character so that we would have a psalm, so that we'd have a hymn, so that we'd have a spiritual song, that, that we would always be able to give thanks to God the Father in everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to learn just how to give thanks to him in all circumstances, what we're called to do. Well, then the verse, this section rounds out, and you, you notice the divider here between verses 21 and 22. Some would say 21 flows into 22 and, and should go there. Others would say that verse 21 goes with the preceding verses. I think actually it goes both directions is how I have always taught it. But it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, to humble ourselves before each other, to... Um, to look to each other, to surrender, if you will, kind of to each other, submit, uh, to, to think of the other person first, to think of what their needs might be, to think of what their desires might be, to think of you know, what might be motivating them and to learn how to think of another person first. No, I mean, wouldn't it be glorious if, if we went around and, and no, you go first? No, 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 you go first. And, and, and if we just did that type of thing uh, with one another. So I just encourage you, I encourage all of us to learn how to submit. I mean, the teaching is very practical now. I mean, we need to think of each other. We need to surrender to each other. We need to support each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to put the other person first. And and uh, so we need to forgive each other. Uh, we need to be tolerant of each other. Uh, and sometimes when people don't function the way that we think they ought to function, we get, we get uh, all befuddled by that when the fact of the matter is we need to learn how to accept that person where they are because they're accepting us where we are too. So uh, anyway... Friends, uh, great, great passage here, a little section for us about life in the Spirit, uh, about a life of worship, a life of thanksgiving, a life of um, surrender to each other, uh, a life of learning to give thanks in all circumstances. So practical is God's Word. And I don't know what your circumstances will be today. I don't know what my circumstances will be today, and uh, but it might be a thing uh, where... Something hard happens, and rather than complaining, moaning, maybe say, okay, God, I don't get it, but I'm going to thank you. How our perspective could change, how our outlook could change when we turn our the negative things in life to praise of God. Lord, help us today. 
Help us today to live for you. Help us today to love you. Help us today to be people who thank you. Help us today to be people who walk with you. Help us to be people who glorify you. Help us to be people who uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. May the glory of Christ flow through our lives today. Help us to be a light to those around us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I want to encourage you to have a great day. We will see you again tomorrow.